Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as Pretty Ugly and the Hotel series. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, my co-hostess with the mostest, Alison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes the award-winning novel Dibs, Since September, Move on Melinda, and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Joining us today is the one, the only, Mr. Eric Pruitt, author of Something Bad Wrong. Uh, had you watched our little pre-show thing, you would have seen Allison and I kind of geeking out to probably the highest extent of our abilities about how amazing that because all of nobody wants spoilers spoilers. we have to get it out before we accidentally vomit it on the opening which we're not supposed to do we're not supposed to do spoilers i'm just gonna say i legitimately almost wore a bloody nurse's outfit for this podcast and then i I realized that would probably be in bad taste bad taste and i said no costumes and you introduced (laughs) eric as mr but everywhere on social media you are reverend are you ordained I, I did get ordained. Yes. Yes. Nice. Ma'am. See, I call him Mr. When he's a reverend, we should be maybe crossing. I don't know. I've married four people and they're Yay. still married. So I'm four and oh, but I did one vow renewal and they were divorced shortly after. So, oh, no. Um, All right. So now we've got some like weird staff. kind of superstition mm-hmm. stuff there. Yeah. Did you marry them in your bar? Because you are a, not only a reverend, but you are a bar owner, mm-hmm. a podcaster, a film writer, a novelist. And Eric. now I'm the editor of a short fiction magazine called Dark Yonder. And this is the second issue. It comes out tomorrow. Yes. Oh, a, a little little plug right there. We're going to need um, to get the link and stick that in. Comments we're look it. It's so, Dark Yonder. Like Dark Yonder. Line. This is the second issue. It comes out tomorrow. The first issue came out in January. It will be a quarter. Very nice. I love well, it. So congratulations. So, Eric, Thank congratulations you. on everything, everything, including uh, something bad wrong being a Kindle first reads book for we're in april april i don't know i'm like we are in april uh so basically everybody who's watching this now watching the replay if you are an amazon prime member you could get this book for free and here's the thing i got it for free i already have it pre-ordered as a hardcover like I need it, and I have the audiobook pre-ordered. So Dude, that audiobook have, is crazy. They showed I me. I would the, have like had it three times. I want the audiobook. Dude, the audiobook is nuts. They sent me the voices and asked for like approval or any notes on the voices, and they have six different voices. Are you kidding? And, okay, yeah. I want to guess who the voices are. You got you got a voice for Jim, Jess. Do you have Dan and how smarmy is he? I have Dan. He's spot on. If he played by John Hamm. We have <laughs> we have the oh actually my casting for Dan Decker was always James Vanderbeek. But like Ooh, uh yeah, he was in my head the whole time I was writing that thing. Vanderbeek. But uh the uh POV that they have for the main villain, which is revealed late, mm-hmm. is so good. Okay, if I'd have known that it had something like that. I would have written more POV scenes. <laughs> like if I would have known he would have gotten this talk and this person, that voice would be like everybody villain all day long. Villain all day long. Good. Villain. So Eric, before we get super into, obviously we've already gotten really excited about something Sorry. bad or wrong. 
please tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about you as an author, as a human, as a just a, a man with a Viking name. Ah, there you go. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a touch Irish. Um, yeah, my I got my start uh, writing short films and uh, won some hor- uh, short horror films. We won a lot of stuff and then everything kept ca- going from there. I started writing short horror things, uh, but I've always lived uh, amongst uh, people that skirt the other side of the law. So well, I thought it'd be fun to tell some of those stories. So my first three books in my short story collection are mostly based, are crime novels based on the point of view of the criminal. And then after an experience I had where I worked with the Orange County Sheriff's Office for two and a half years on a cold case, and we turned that into a podcast called The Long Dance. We want to talk to you about that, but okay. (laughs) Excellent. Based (laughs) on that experience, I had never worked that closely with actual law enforcement before, Mm -hmm. and I got to do all kinds of things with with them. Like I got to go and collect DNA. Uh, I was there for a photo lineup. I went through the highs and lows that they went through. Like you got everything on the killer (laughs) and then like, you've got it. And then like the DA won't go after it. And so Mm -hmm. you cops deal with that all the time. They deal with Mm -hmm. it on a regular basis. I did it once in my life and I was so heartbroken. I couldn't get out of bed when we found out the DA wasn't going after the guy. Mm. So then uh, I took those experiences and wrote something bad. wrong. Nice. Okay. In the meantime, I, Got a bar. I work at a bar. Uh, we do noirs at the bar there. Lots of literary events, lots of music events. That's pretty much where you'll find me. Uh, I feel like, I mean, I interviewed you, like full disclosure, I interviewed Eric and uh, Sean Cosby, S.A. Cosby, for a kind of noir at the bar uh, episode of a podcast that I was co-hosting at the time. And Eric, you you had you were doing this from your bar you were like in the yeah, back in room, room. <laughs> <laughs> i expected you to be there today but i'm it looks like, like you're not in a bar right now that no we got employees now we got people that work for us so <laughs> i know before, we were like, deep in the pandemic at the time too so it was just oh, like wow. oh, running a bar during fun. the pandemic that wasn't fun uh, no 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 uh and it wasn't fun shortly after the pandemic either because, man, everybody was all crazy. But mm-hmm. As somebody who I used to be and or am still am for my day job, a dance teacher teaching social dance. Yeah, during the pandemic, that was not fun to like, oh, how can we do this thing where we have strangers dance with each other six inches apart? Right. right. You can't. No. That's when I realized I had no backup plan. I better start writing horror and crime. Exactly. Because that's like money right there. Dude, (laughs) in the really, really scared and desperate times of the pandemic, I wrote romance. (gasps) No! Take that back. I'm sorry I like I'm pointing at you, Allison. You're pointing at me, but you're pointing at the camera. You have to like, um, I'm over here. Also, Eric. Eric, did you write romance under... A pseudonym? Oh, I wouldn't write that. I wouldn't write that shit under my name, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no I did out there in the world. Is, and now I'm going to go just right for comfort. No, no, no. I wrote it for money. Um, yeah, I, I love this. Worked so for much. me for money. That's I, for sure. But, I yeah. prostituted the hell out of myself. You know, and it was it was horrible uh, because <laughs> you know I I uh, thought I was a good writer, and my two bosses were two women. And I would turn this romance in and I would get notes from these two women on my sex scenes 
on how mm -hmm. to improve them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'm a professional, but after a while, that's just chipping away. <laughs> <and> damn <laughs> self -esteem. A professional writer. You, writer. Oh, what yeah. you're a professional at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, writing, writing, exactly. writing it. Well, you did mention you were prostituting yourself. So I just want to clarify what your endeavors truly are. Capital P prostitute. Okay. <laughs> it was a pandemic. Also with a capital P. I, I'm like, I'm loving the alliteration. It's, it's uh, true. You're a pandemic prostitute. It's well, now, so gosh, I am so problematic pandemic prostitute. Yeah. No, I yeah. want to clarify something you said earlier, only geographically, because you say Orange County, uh, that's Florida? No, we're in North Carolina. North Carolina. Why do we all have Orange? I live in Orange County, but I'm in California, and I didn't realize other people had Orange Counties besides me. That is such yeah, a California thing to think. It's true. No, hello, we had a whole show, the OC, and like Real Housewives <laughs> of Orange County, it's here in California. No one's thinking one of the Carolinas, North Carolina, South Carolina. Well, yeah, I think because of the, the better of California and Florida get an Orange County because they grow yeah. oranges, but yes, all on the East Coast, all those mm -hmm. British colonies and stuff, we get Orange Counties because of you know, House of Orange. Oh, totally different orange. Yeah. 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 Like, nope, that's. Is that Dutch? I think it's Dutch. So, Eric, are you born and raised North Carolina? Because no, you've got I'm a, a lot of. You're a Texan. <laughs> yeah, recovering like, Texan. I feel like I went to Texas multiple times in my life, but like once for a dance competition, and I'm still a recovering Texan. Oh, Sorry. my goodness. But that was because of the dance competition part of it. Oh, man. Just they wore denim dresses. Texas is a pretty <laughs> unforgiving place. It is. It was like hotter than I've ever experienced anything in my life. And that's just like, and that's fucking November, man. Yeah, it was fall, and I was just <laughs> I like, was there I'm in, dying. My hair is there, huge. I was there in August. It was unpleasant. Oh, I would never go back to Texas in August. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was there for work, so it was not exactly by choice. And I came back and was down a husband. That was unsurprising. There. Okay. Anyway, that is not the point of the story, but it was Texas hot will there. Take your husband. Texas, Texas will take you. Uh, I feel like that is really no. a great title we'll on for. The I'm like Texas will take your husband. Also, Texas will take your husband could be like your next romance novel, Eric. Mm, yeah, I'm done with romance. I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> done now. Whoop off. Uh, so let's talk a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean a lot about something bad wrong. Do you have an elevator pitch for it? Because I, I will say this: I texted my agent who just i love her paula munier she loves crime she loves and i was just like she i know you have enough books. On, she doesn't love she committing crime. it let's really she doesn't love committing crimes but i she, I, I, I know she is enough practice. to read practice i know she has enough to read but i was like if you're ever going to read a book for fun you need to read something bad wrong which yeah. is equal parts police procedural uh true crime podcast mania uh beautiful exploration of Alzheimer's disease. And I think I like called it like three other things. And she's like, well, I just bought it. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you. But it, it's in a good elevator pitch because it had way too many no. words. So do you have an elevator pitch? Yeah. I say it's a story of a, uh, uh, a deputy in the 1970s, a story deputy in the 1970s who uh, catches a really big case right at the same time. He is, discovers he's suffering from Alzheimer's disease. And then 50 years later, his granddaughter, who he's never met, uh, starts a true crime podcast about that case that had never been solved and why. That's a better pitch. 
that, that's a I, much better pitch than what I said. Know. Also, I got like chills, even though I've already read it and know everything. I'm like, Thank I want to read that book. Well, and you Please. also said something, but then it's, <laughs> but then it, okay. Amanda Damore says that sounds awesome. And Amanda, go get the book. It absolutely is awesome. Amanda, Amanda is one sure. of my um, dance friends and one of my very, very good friends in life. Amanda, Amanda read so. this book. Yeah, when you say dance friends like this, it sounds like you're not really dancing, but she does mean dancing. So stop using the quotes. You mean dance, like actual dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Sure. Okay. No, you. No, we do. I do mean dancing. What kind of dancing is this? Like the modern dancing? Is it ballet or what kind of dancing? So I I technically teach ballroom dancing. Oh wow. Um, but I also had a. I also had a burlesque and vaudeville troupe for many years until Hell yes. until COVID um, kind of shut that down. But we were like dark, quirky. We did uh, stuff about Edgar Allan Poe and like the Salem witch trials. But it was like so. Dude, so I love were, that. I love that we do we do burlesque. We have a burlesque troupe that comes to our bar and like performs every once in a while. So I, love I mean, it. And next time I'm in North Carolina, I'm just gonna like call you up and be like, "Hey, do you want me to do like a weird crime horror reading and also like weird stripper thing where I Absolutely. wear my like nine foot wings?" Do I look dumb enough to say no? <laughs> no, hey, <laughs> we're all quiet. <laughs> there's Ed Amor on the bottom of the screen. Ed I love Ed. This book yes. is amazing, and so is everything Eric writes. One of the best in the biz, and that is high praise from the uh, so someone else who does it pretty damn well. Yes, so, he does. His book uh, that came honestly. out in January was insane. so good. I was going to say, do I still have my scary mask around here? Oh my god, I, I do. I'm like, I don't want to see it in my car. That's where it's in your car. Oh, That's yeah. kind of terrifying, Eric. That you that you do that, but his it's no home for killers. Anything yeah. for a friend, Ed. And I'm looking for my bur my bur I want to say burlesque now instead of burlap. Yeah, burlap. Our, burla our burlesque socks. Can you do a, a different burlap, type of outfit? Burlesque. I don't burlap burlesque. I mean, you could. Itchy. itchy, itchy for sure. Um, so, I mean, okay. Obviously, Eric, you're here. You're on a podcast with us. Allison and I are podcast people. I am a true crime podcast person. Like, I love it so much. You are not. I get that because you don't like sadness. I read sad and scary things because <laughs> you make me. And then I'm like, why do I love this so much? Jennifer, you're corrupting me more. I'm corrupting you. Um, so, Eric, you said before we went live, and then I think again while you were talking, you were part of, you wrote and produced a a long series true crime podcast about I did my research, some Valentine's Day murders. Yes, ma'am. Can uh, we, how did you, A, stumble upon the story, decide to go full armchair detective into that? Uh, an investigative reporter uh, moved to town and he was looking for a partner to write a long form piece. I love uh, that. And we, he wanted to find something. So we each went home to look up five subjects and then we were going to meet for coffee and figure out which one. I did one. Once I came across, you know what? You're like Valentine's Day yeah. murders. I was like, dude, you're Done. not going to find anything more interesting than this. And it was a sensational unsolved crime from the 70s. And we went to the police and we, you know, we did our digging and we took, we went to the the police uh, who had the case. And they basically told us, you know, kick rocks. We don't work with journalists on active cases. And so we went and did our own research for like eight months. And then we came back to the cops 
And this time it came with a folder filled with everything. And the first page was the was name of my Was it a trapper story. keeper? It was close. It was close. <laughs> The first, first page had the name of my suspect and all the reasons why I thought he did it. And the detective realized that we probably had more than they had. And he went to the sheriff and the family members and said, hey, I think we need to work with these guys. And we we did for like two and a half years. We pursued several suspects. We got D we collected DNA. We did some photo lineups with living uh, witnesses. And it was really, really it was really intense. It's called The Long Dance. It's eight episodes long. Um, and yeah, it's the thrill of, this is the thrill of my life. Biggest heartbreak I've ever went through as well. I, no, I no can't eat, no, no spoilers, but yeah, like I feel like cold cases are already going to be tricky as it is because things have changed in the past, we'll say 50 years, whether it's how people collect evidence, how evidence is stored, what people remember, communication, um, a lot of stuff with like, you know, obviously different, uh, police departments not super working with each other. Uh, I've Allison and I differ here. I am a huge true crime. Um, I don't want to say fan because that sounds really aficionado. aficionado. And um, after I moved back to New Hampshire, like three weeks after my husband and I moved back here about four blocks from our house, some barrels were found in the woods that contained bodies from a murder that was like 40 years ago. And that became mm -hmm. the podcast Bear Brook from NPR. And that was like, right outside. like basically Ew. like the, Just, the lake that we would swim in. That's like a minute from our house was a minute from our house at the maybe time. We maybe we don't swim in that lake. I know. You don't know what's in that lake. In fact, you might go in that lake. Don't climb into those barrels, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. Stay out like, of barrels. Never go into a barrel. Stay out of barrels. I wanted um, to ask then how much how much did you pull from that to put into the murders here? I mean, at least there's a holiday theme. You you switch days, so now it's Christmas Eve instead of Valentine's, but I mean, we've got some similarities between are you Dan Decker or are you Jess Keeler? I just I need to know. <laughs> He's a Jess. I like to He's think there's a little bit sure. of both of us. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit, bit of me in both of them. Oh. <laughs> um Dan Decker was actually a lot of fun to write. He was one of my favorite characters I had ever written. And a lot of the uh beta readers and my agent and my editors <laughs> kept telling me pull back. They were like, yep. uh, you need to take they like, are wrong. I wanted to make him very <laughs> smarmy, and he was also comic relief, but a lot of people were like, dude, that's just not. That's yeah, not. like, you can't be like, oh, ha-ha, he might have sexually assaulted a bunch of women. And I never sexually assaulted anybody. I don't no. want to put, I don't want to get yeah. on that spectrum. Exactly. We had no, inappropriate relationships. Yeah. Inappropriate. Workplace relationships. Yeah. Workplace relationships. Great power imbalance. They're absolutely yeah. inappropriate, 100%, but uh, in it, they... In their in their own, they were consensual, and yes. so I don't want to place anything on the spectrum. But one thing I do want the reader, and there's no spoiler here, to look at things is like how things were handled in terms of uh, how women were treated then versus how they're treated now. Back then, there were a lot of people you didn't talk about it. You know, a person could be beating their wife, a person could mm -hmm. be uh, sexually abusing people, and they're a, a bully at the workplace. You just didn't talk about it. You looked the other way, as mm -hmm. opposed to now. We got WikiLeaks, Twitter, Me Too, all yeah. of these things where we do talk about it. And I wanted to watch. Thank goodness. <laughs> I wanted that spectrum to exist there. And I wanted people to be on that spectrum, Dan Decker versus some of the various people from the 70s, yeah. and watch mm. how those people interplay. And so the question is, Dan Decker's sexual activities better 
or worse than anybody is not the question we're asking. It's how society is reacting to those different ways that women were treated and the bad guys that, that did those things. Yes, I have so many things I want to shout, but I can't because they're all spoilers. But yes. The Venn diagram of some of your characters yes. have like a, you know, an overlap. But again, I love what you just said, the way society is reacting to a Dan Decker who is very problematic, but not a criminal per se versus per, per se, per se yeah. versus things in the seventies. It was like the wild west. And the things they, you, you hear about it. I mean, like, especially doing that work with the long dance, like in the long dance, you know, you would hear people tell you stories about, you know, just interactions in hospitals. Cause we interviewed a lot of nurses and mm -hmm. they would talk about surgeons and they were like, you know, when surgeon came into the room, women had to give them their seats. You know, they had to stand up and get out of their seat. They were nurses. They've been working all day they, so that this doctor could sit down. Doctor could hit somebody. The doctor could punch a nurse. And that's so what? Yeah. And that's yep. the doctor. And of course, they were all men. So you didn't have to worry about mm -hmm. this wasn't a woman who was doing that. Mm -hmm. But but then the, you even had points where it was it was talked about in the book. And this isn't a spoiler because it's not talking about anybody in specifics. But things that happened back then, if they were reported, but that rapes weren't really, even if they were reported, they were just told, well, you shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been out there. You shouldn't have been asking for that. And so that even them try to find things like patterns within some of these stuff. It's hard to find patterns if things weren't being reported or if they were reported, they weren't recorded. So if you don't report, you can't record. And if you don't record, you don't have a record. Yeah. And absolutely. And then all these years later, when all you have, and I mean like in, in our experience with the podcast, was you be looking through this, this, this file of everything that's it. And you'll find some note that some, you know, uniform, some officer wrote down something he observed and it just goes into the pile and it makes no sense at the time. But 50 years later, when you're looking at the big puzzle, you're like, this officer who wrote this little thing he down got it. has the key that was missing all along. And as he doesn't even know he has it probably. because As opposed like, to the other thing that you were touching on, where it's like, if they had even written down the fact that this woman was assaulted in the woods, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there would have been a pattern, but they're not going to do it because what are you doing out there? Anyway? Why were, were you in the wearing? woods at you know? night? Why were you there? Like, why were you parking? Oh, right. you took your nylons off? Well, come on. That whole line about the nylons and, and even how, mm. I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's how they find the victim and the whole idea of she didn't have her nylons on and just the cop's reaction to that, even being sympathetic. And I'm just like, you know, the last time I wore nylons, I don't remember either because I hate the like, damn Oh my thing. God, I would take but them like off the second nylons. I could if I had to wear them at work. Like, um. There were times when I would get out of court and take my nylons off in my car because I hate the damn things, but there were judges who did not want bare legs in their courtroom. So and every for, time I wear nylons, it just presses my face together and it's hard to see unless you poke <laughs> the then, eyes through it. But I was say, Eric, that's why you end up in the lineup and they aren't sure you who you are nylon. because you had the nylons over your head. And I used to have to wear my head too, but that was banned. <laughs> so Allison head. is, she's totally just admitted different. to being a band nerd. And what, um, what some people might not know is Allison is, was, and always will be a lawyer. So when I say things I like, oh, my, my nylons off stripper, blah, 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 and Allison's like, I'm there. a lawyer. <laughs> I, I could have been doing other things. They're all good. 
No, they weren't. Um, but <laughs> but the point the point was just the propriety expected of people that if you step out of line even a little bit, you can maybe get met with sympathy, but you can also be met with, well, now you ask for whatever happened to you because you weren't towing the societal expectation lines and yikes. Yep. Just lots of yikes there. Yep. Um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into the yikesness a little <laughs> bit. Um, just, I'm gonna lean into the yikesness with mm-hmm. um obviously Eric, you talked about the lead investigator on the case uh stumbling on this case right as he is gets the diagnosis kind of of his Alzheimer's disease. As somebody who has volunteered a lot at like Alzheimer's nursing homes. And I do have an elderly mother with dementia. You handled the Alzheimer's aspect of the story in every aspect, startlingly real Mm -hmm. and heartbreaking and beautiful. And I'm not trying to pry at all, but it, it really seems that you had some kind of experience with that firsthand, especially because there's stuff with handwriting and patterns of handwriting that, and again, I'm not trying to be spoilery that like, those are things that if you don't have an intimate knowledge of somebody with Alzheimer's disease, you might not know those little things. So. But I've gotten the letters that came from my grandfather where he wasn't calling himself by his name anymore and his handwriting is completely different. So I can attest to that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's, it's weird to experience, even even at a distance, because he was in another state, and we were getting letters from somebody calling himself Tony. My grandfather's name was Harold. Oh wow! Oh wow. yeah. Uh, thank you. I did have, uh, I, you know, I I have had family members that I lost to uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, my mother had dem- uh, so she was showing dementia near the end. She had lost her battle with cancer. Um, sorry, I did a lot of research on Alzheimer's in the seventies. One of my, yeah. uh, one of my best friends is a neuroscientist and she got me a lot of papers on like, I, I think I read, I feel like we all should have friends that are neuroscientists. Oh, Every right. writer needs one. I have she's a, a French a neuroscientist. So she says like. things like neuroscience, uh, but like, uh, <laughs> she, she got <laughs> me all of these. She got me these academic papers on what they knew about Alzheimer's in the 70s so that that way I could keep it as accurate as I could. Mm-hmm. But the most profound experience I had was when I was younger, there was a man who had Parkinson's and he was uh, my basically my employer. He was a very, you know, he was a he was a recruiter for Dartmouth. So he's a very eloquent and, you know, he, he spoke for a living. And uh, I had a job as a 14 year old, at his snow cone stand. And as he got worse and worse and worse, he was, I watched him degenerate. His wife was pretty much taking over. He would stare in the space. He had to have a rag with him all the time because it would drool. And he couldn't make words happen. And one day at the snow cone stand, I got caught with a girl that I had snuck into a snow cone stand while I was setting up. We were, we were oh necking. Oh, my God. Um, I already love this story. They I'm show up. that it's going to be sad. They show up. And they bring and you know the the wife is mad at me for having a girl in this snow cone stand and I tell her I was like no that's my math tutor my grades are really bad <laughs> if I don't get my grades up I can't work at this snow cone stand anymore and she left me with uh, with her husband and her husband it took a long time for him to get out because his speech was so gone but he he said basically was like if I had a tutor that looked like her. I would have been very good at math. And I was like, 
holy shit, he is in there. He is in yeah. there. He has yep. nothing to, you know, as a 14 year old, you just think he's like, you know, you don't think old people are real anyway when you're 14, but like for especially this guy who had his motor functions were gone, his speech abilities were gone. But like all of a sudden that moment, you realize he's a human and he's in there and he's fucking trapped and it's cruel. And it, yeah. I think it's, it's tortured me my whole life. Okay, I just like the progression, though, of so beautiful. snow cone job to bartender, because I do think that is the natural progression of snow cones. Oh, yeah. and we then, come and up with our own flavors of snow cone. Right. I came up with a pepperoni snow cone. And okay, everyone no. told me that sounds disgusting, but it after we does. put it, it's a number one sold snow cone. It's okay, cool. how do you make the pepperoni oh. snow cone? What's I don't remember vegetarian. I am not a vegetarian, but Bacon bits? I don't think there was any meat in it. We just did some funky stuff with existing flavors, and I don't think I could. I don't think I could remember it. Uh, you in a should ask years, your friend, the neuroscientist, yeah, to see exactly. if she would. She know. said, "Bon appetit." Bon appetit. It yep. is a. It is a, a yummy snow cone flavor. Um, yeah, like I want to know more about the snow cones, but yeah, we're easily like distracted that. by weird. Very, food. we're very distracted mm -hmm. by few food and drink. Mostly. So, Eric. Don't. Yeah, now I'm thinking snow cones with like yeah. bourbon and like maple syrup. Look, true was... Texas sad stories. My snow cones. I lost my snow cone stand in a tornado. No lie. <laughs> no lie. Oh. Okay. You actually had a scene and I'm going to call you out here. You had a character asking in a barbecue restaurant for butter beans and then succotash comes out and butter beans are not in succotash. Those are different items. Please explain the discrepancy. I don't think I know the difference between lima beans and butter beans. I don't. Th I think if you put them in front of me, I'd be like, you just be like butter beans. I don't know. It's like a lineup of beans, right, and you right. could just be no, like, um, up, I hated lima beans because they were dry and not very good. Butter beans were thicker, and they're almost always at least when you get them southern style. And how you would have gotten them in a good barbecue restaurant is a lot of times there's there's they're soaked, and a lot of times they have like either ham oh, or foodie. Oops. Or bacon in them, and they're good and they're warm, and they're kind of like a cousin, a more savory, less sweet than say a baked bean. Where a succotash, if I'm remembering correctly, it's lima beans and corn, and those two things are an ungodly combination that no one likes. And it's fun to say suffer and suffocash, but it's not fun to eat it. So oh, when he's like, you take you notes some, on this part, if you get notes? some good succotash though, and like I know I. I I was eating at Allen's Sons, which is out there in Chapel. It was out there in Chapel Hill. It's closed now. And yeah, they had butter beans and their succotash. Awesome. And if the stuff was fresh, you would ask them every day, you know, like, when, when I go in there, I'd be like, hey, well, man, what's what's sort of the succotash? They're like, mm -hmm. get it today. You know, it's really, really fresh. So what was in their succotash? Was it butter beans instead of lima beans? It was, I know that that's what the lady told me, butter beans. Like it says, on site, I don't think mm -hmm. I could differentiate between, if you told me these are butter beans and they're really lima beans, like, you mm -hmm. fool me. I really want to do a line, a, yeah, a bean, bean lineup. Line let's do a let's do a blind taste test in a succotash uh -huh, yeah. and see like we're, we're going to yes. Thing is, though, I don't want to make anybody eat succotash if they don't have to because it's just it's good, dude. It's but good. I guess maybe the way my mother made it because it may be very different. The pen, the Pennsylvania Dutch things and the way we got them may not have been the same way that Pennsylvania Dutch and like good Southern sorry. cooking are very they're not they're not things. similar. But it is the like. same as my grandmother, not the one different grandmother was the one who, when I was a vegetarian, always convinced me it was fine because they had ham salad, and I had to tell her that's not a vegetable, Grandma. Yeah, well, don't yeah, don't yuck somebody's young because people try to tell me macaroni and cheese ain't a vegetable, and I will fight. I will fight. <laughs> I'm not gonna yuck on that. I will. But you're gonna have some discussions about your food pyramid and possibly your cholesterol. Dude, macaroni and cheese is my political affiliation, my sexuality, and my gender. You know, like I think 
I can explain. Oh my God. That. Um, I love that. Mind. Now I want that to be my voucher con t-shirt. It's not just going to be F one of the characters in your book that I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil why I don't like her. But did, and macaroni and cheese is my gender, my political affiliation and my sexuality. Yes, please. Yeah, oh, no, that's fair. It, it's amazing though, but I do remember my mother being very offended that my sister liked craft box macaroni more than her Betty Crocker homemade. But here's the thing, craft macaroni and cheese yes. is freaking delicious. I it grew is, up really it's poor. Different, it's a different and vegetable, it was honestly. It's it's like the difference between lima beans and succotash. I actually grew up on the generic box macaroni and cheese because yes. we couldn't even afford the craft. And now like craft doesn't even taste good to me. Like I, I got I get the generics, you know. I, I like to make my own, but in a pinch, one get off the work at the bar, one mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'm hitting that box. Oh yeah, box of macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've had this. We've had this conversation, I think, with Sean Cosby too, where it's just like, you know, you when you grow up on like um, government cheese wheels Mm -hmm. and the generic like box macaroni and cheese, they're like, then when you have like something like Kraft, you're like, oh my gosh. Speaking of Mr. Cosby and macaroni and cheese, I have driven 20 minutes out of my way to pick up macaroni and cheese for his wife. Because when she comes Aww. down, she's like, she's like, really, she's like, oh, I hear there's good macaroni and cheese down here. I was like, yeah, there is, but it's <laughs> way out there. I'm happy to go get you're it. Go, you're gonna I'm get happy it. Happy to go because if someone loves macaroni and cheese as much as I do, mm-hmm. yes, I'm driving to go get it. It's my passion. That is your. That is also now your tribe. You're like my tribe. Your tribe. My tribe is macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Oh, so where is your ready. bar again? It's in like North. I'm like, um, how far is that for me? It's like 20 oh, hours. My bar is gonna have a macaroni and cheese cook-off contest. I'm just gonna be the judge. That's it. I'm gonna trick yeah. the entire town to bring me macaroni and cheese so I can judge it. And it would also be awesome to somehow serve like, um, like flights of macaroni and oh, cheese. God. Okay. So oh. there were places we did not switch. end up going. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm just gonna when say flights. Got married, we did not go with this venue, but one of them had as like an appetizer course. It had a it had um, a mashed potato bar with like toppings and all yes. that. Yes, and we were this close to going with it just because of that. Because I'm just like, so here, there's mashed potatoes somewhere here with toppings, and of, of course, we had to go with a place that actually accommodated our size group rather than like mm, we'd have to cut people. I would invite less people. Yeah, if it was a mac and cheese <laughs> topping place, I'd have been like, all right, hey, look, you're how much do we really like all these people? Well, like, and do we really need exactly. our parents there? They, they started doing like the whole uh, pulled pork with mac and cheese. And I did that until I read Josh Mallerman's Pearl. And now I can't do that anymore because I don't eat pork anymore. Thanks a lot, Josh. You ruined pork for me. But it was it was really good while it lasted. You can do it with and beef it, brisket. I, yeah, brisket. You know what? I still eat beef, so I could totally do it with brisket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't. I'm, he better not write anything about cows or I'll be mad. Don't read it if he does. I won't. No, if there's like a hunt a cow, just don't read it. Yeah. Um, a cow? Hunt a cow. Don't read that. No. Um, so, Eric, I will say um, something bad wrong is listed as just Keeler book one. Yeah, I noticed that. So, spoiler, I guess you aren't so, just Keeler. Like <laughs> just lives through it, apparently. Um, so are what's going on? Is there another just Keeler podcast book? Yeah, uh yeah, oh, they no. asked they asked yeah. me to put one together and uh I know it's I, like we can't talk about what we can't talk about, but yeah. Yeah, they asked me to put but one we together. Be good I definitely gave it a college were. try. I turned it in. <laughs> um we'll see. We'll see what, what needs to happen then. So uh I've written something. We want to read it. I've written it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who all likes it. We'll see. We'll see if they what they want done. And it's a process. There, uh, those folks at Thomas and Mercer are really 
good at what they do. So I feel like I'm in good hands and I, I can't wait to see their notes. Yes, you are in good hands. Uh, the cover of your book is stunning. I was blown away by that. I thought they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we have the ebook, so I could show you yeah. my Kindle, well, and, but it would just be shiny. And I do the graphics for the show sometimes. And I'm like, I'm having trouble matching the colors here because it's different than the colors that I stole the picture of Eric and then the sunset and I'm messing everything up. And Jen, who actually has like a graphic design background, is like, this looks fine. You're good. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing most of I the time. But I love I that cover. I didn't, I didn't want to overwhelm the cover because the cover is like, subtle and the little lines under some of the letters and I almost want to put punctuation in there but there's no punctuation which just makes it even more painful which I like something yeah no I love this something something bad comma wrong this is a no something yeah Yeah. I heard that phrase uh when we were working on the long dance there was a woman we interviewed and I'd never heard it before and she is like she said the phrase she's like that's the moment when I knew uh that something had gone wrong something bad wrong and oh. I just I could never unhear it, and then oh, again, and then the after shows. that I would hear no. someone say it in the, in a different context or someone saying it, but that was the first time I heard it, and I just remember thinking, "Damn, that's a that's a that's a that's a heavy statement." That's a that's it one is. that stuck with me. It's great. Well, and you know, like, go ahead, Jen. Oh no, I was just gonna say. Um, see, I loved the title, and I didn't know if it was necessarily going to play a part in the book, per se, other than, obviously, everything we're reading was like, this is something bad wrong. Like, And then, eventually, you do hear those words, and I was just like, <gasps> Well, the original title was A Bad, Bad Wind, because uh, I like, A Bad, Bad Wind is going to blow. Uh, is was what I had in my mind, but a younger person that I was friend with was like, "Oh, it sounds like you're writing about a fart." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> All right, let's, uh, was this younger person seven? Because uh, that's what my seven year old would say. He would like uh, farts. Twenty seven. Well, oh, okay. still, that's yeah. young um, enough. Similar. Similar. And I was like, well, all right, let's go back to the drawing board on the top. <laughs> yeah, we don't need my really like beautiful crime book about Alzheimer's and a cold case Art. and fate to fart. be a book about farts. Farts. No, what I was going to say was there was actually a phrase that you used several times that I go, this must be a Southernism that we just, I don't, I don't know. But the phrase do what? As oh, like yeah. a, what now? Because um, like it's like almost like a come again, but mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. And I'm going, how come I've never heard this before? And do Southerners really talk like this? Oh, yeah. I, I've heard that. There's, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Like a lot of times when I'm telling a story, I'll get the story out, but then I'll go mm-hmm. back through it. And I try to imagine my father telling this story, drink it. Like my father telling this story at a bar over a beer, which is yeah. a lot of fun to do. It's a real exercise in imagination because my father doesn't tell stories. He doesn't go to bars and he doesn't drink beers. I know. So I was like, going to say, oh my God, I have to I do some mental gymnastics. Exercise, but I'm like, my dad hated people and yeah. was scared of yeah. them because he fought in Korea and he like basically spent his entire like our lives in like the basement, like hiding. Oh, but like, horrible. oh my God. He was, well, no, it's, it's fine. And I love my dad and he's a huge inspiration for a lot of my characters, but he was also called Big Jim. Big what? Jim from Korea, fighting in Korea. That's yeah. Korea. And I was like, I am having. An episode. Yeah, I was waiting for you to tell me like that you couldn't keep that I had to tap having that you were having too many issues, but 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 I was like, like, uh oh, this is checking all of my boxes. Mm -hmm. All it needs is a haunted hotel near the somebody drowns and somebody drowns. That's part two. That's part two. Part two. 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 It's a drown in the ocean. (laughs) 
No, and um, like it, I, I love that you did that though because people from different regions have different ways of talking and 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 things. And my parents are from Pennsylvania, but then they've been out here. And my dad reverts into it sometimes. And their phrases he says, like he said, he'll say eh, he says he says, and I'm like, what the heck word are you saying? Because it's not even English anymore. And I'm just going, Dad, you're what. What is that? And apparently it's a Pennsylvania thing. That's all. <laughs> but there in Pennsylvania, that's where they say water. You drink this water. My mother was a substitute teacher for years, and there are words that like she couldn't do spelling tests for kids because they wouldn't know water, uh, orange, orange. Yes. orange. Do they? Uh, is yes. Pennsylvania yes. is the other place? side? The, the yins is like is I want to say more the Pittsburgh side, but I have some relatives who do the yins. I'm like I never heard the yins, but we do some of the Penna Dutch. Uh, bad order of words, like throw the cow over the fence. So oh that- yeah, I'm uh, French, <laughs> French New England, so we will they say do things that like uh, "throw me down the stairs, my shoes." Yeah, uh huh. It's like thanks, Yoda. And you're, and you're like, so I, lo- I love that stuff. I love uh, going to a, a different part of the world and mm-hmm. finding out a, especially in America, like how do they do their barbecue? Like oh. everybody does your barbecue <laughs> different. Thing, honestly. Yeah, you go to Western Kentucky and they do it with mm-hmm. goat. You do it in Alabama, they serve a mayonnaise sauce. You know, everybody does their barbecue different. Yeah. And then those little, different. those little verbal tags, those mm-hmm. little verbal tags they do are so interesting. So it's fun to like introduce a character from Philadelphia or from Pennsylvania and have them mm-hmm. say some of those things. Like, oh, put some jimmies on my ice cream or like, mm-hmm. you know, these little the things jimmies. that you don't ever hear. Yeah. Uh, and so people are like, oh, he's he's really from Alabama. Yeah, exactly. I love that, it. And that is true because, like, I haven't gotten to do as much travel since I've had kids. But before, like, for me, the number one thing about travel is the food and trying that. And my dad recently, his, his company has taken him different places. And he recently had a different location for their national get-together. And it was in a different part of the world than he's usually going to. And it was known for their barbecue. I'm like, did you try the barbecue? And he said, it wasn't very good. I'm like, no, that was the only reason to even go to that state. And he's just like i'm sorry it was a letdown i'm like well now i don't feel oh like god I- now i, I kind of want to ask but i don't want you to shame a whole state's barbecue i won't remember anyway i just know it was usually okay. in chicago and it wasn't in chicago and not that chicago is known for the barbecue but he was going someplace that i thought oh, would have sh- had good food and it chicago didn't. got their italian beef though oh like, yeah they had uh, stuff but it wasn't a place that i would think of for barbecue i walked 20 miles for some italian beef but when i was in <laughs> texas I did have good barbecue and that was not the only time I was in Texas. But when I was there visiting my sister, I had some very nice barbecue places where like the, the pit actually will make your eyes water because there's just smoke everywhere. Cause they're like, we're going to smoke it till it's cooked. We're not going to use fire. Just smoke. I feel like all of my experiences of Texas were ballroom dance competition where I didn't eat anything. Cause I was wearing like a Latin dress and I was spray tanned. <laughs> and then the other, so I didn't eat anything. I think I just drank like vodka for like mm-hmm. four days. And then like every other time I've just been like stranded in an airport and the same thing. I just like drank vodka. I was going to say, how do you remember these trips? If I- <laughs> um, I, well, I remember, I remember ordering a vegetarian meal in Texas what at the dance it? competition. It was an entire plate of just asparagus. <laughs> Other people on their place that had like meat and stuff had rice and salad and everything. And I literally just got like steamed asparagus. And I'm like, I love it. I have a picture of me somewhere uh, laughing with like a glass of vodka or something in my hand. Just like, I guess this is what I'm eating. All you're going to get now. See, now I just want to know wherever you were getting the the mac and cheese from. And I'm going to be like, I would like that mac and cheese, the side of that vodka. And I don't mind the asparagus. It's a great side. Mix the asparagus into the macaroni and cheese. Yes, I do that. 
Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Because I'm just like, yes, duh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so we went off the rails with, like, mac and cheese and everything. Um, it was my fault. Yeah. There was food involved. That's okay. That's okay. There's food involved. Eric, you have been amazing. We loved you. you. We love this book, Something Bad Wrong. Thank you so much, man. I'm I'm going to use those words right there as my ringtone for my phone. Like, oh, I love it. Like, honestly, it, like, shook me to the core. I very rarely, like, take to the interwebs and just, mm-hmm. like, post a, like, crazy thing of, like, oh, my gosh, you need to read this one. Um, but I was overcome last night. And Thank I you. had to. Yeah. Yes. And I- and I really wish we could talk about the book more, but there are so many spoilers. Like I didn't even want to say about like the Alzheimer's because I wasn't sure that was something that we were supposed to know going because you don't know going in. It's an early enough reveal, and there are so many other twists. But it's just like when Jen had one gasp, I was like, "Just wait!" And there are so many. That I don't. And that's when I just started like live texting yeah. you while I was yeah. reading, and I'm like, like "Oh, blah." And, happened. and, this, oh, and I'm like, "Keep blah. reading." Yeah. 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 Um, so, Eric, thank you. We will, in our show notes, when this gets like uh, republished, we will talk about the the second issue of your magazine, which is y- yond- y- dark, dark, dark Yonders. Dark Yonders. I'm like, I know it's the I name of your bar and something sad. Ugh. Yes, Dark Yonders. Love it. Um, I'm going to come to North Carolina and. Just Please. so you know, I love a good Sazerac. So got you. We I make one. Want- we make a good one. Use the Rittenhouse ride. I just yeah. want macaroni and cheese. I know, uh, like, and a I got flight you there of too. macaroni and cheese. I get you a big steaming plate of macaroni and cheese and some Sazerac. How's that sound? So I love it. Go together. We'll call it. They we'll could, call we could the call box it the box vomitus. Yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like that is really um, like two Sazeracs and a flight of macaroni and cheese. Sazerac is definitely and three vomitous. shots of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it's definitely vomitous something. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, Eric, thank you so much. Everyone thank who's you watching this, Jennifer Alice, thank you. If you are watching the replay, we are off next week. But the following week we have, is it Amanda Jayatisa? Yeah, I think we have Amanda, which means we, we, may Amanda be, we may be going at a little later time. So check everything. because but Later and or way like earlier. She is in 3 Sri Lanka. For her. It's yeah. Sri Lanka. It's and she does not have to get up at 3 a.m. just to talk. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> we don't want her to. So sometime within the next two weeks, Amanda Jayatisa. And we will see you all then. Until then, thank you all.